When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. Good morning to you, lads. Mitchie Lewis, Mickey Gannon, Dean Watling. I'll start with you, Mickey Gannon. Have you seen anything like that? It was phenomenal, Jay. Absolutely not. Um, you couldn't have scripted any better. And when they make the Damien Oliver movie, what a yeah. way to finish. What De- a way to finish because that was just spectacular. Dino, yeah. yeah. Yeah, normally fairy tales are left to Hollywood or fiction novels, but I think we saw a real off um, fairy tale there on the weekend. I don't think you can wipe the smile off. Even listening to it back now, it just brings a smile to your face. So, what a weekend uh, racing at its absolute best, Jimmy. Yeah, and hello to you, Mitchy Lewis. It doesn't get any better. And well done to Chelsea, your beautiful wife. She had a winner at um, Gore on Saturday, they tell me. Yep, she was pretty excited. So, handy little horse, that one. So, full credit to the. The girls, I think they, I think it's one of the girl syndicates, potentially a Magic Millions horse, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But Feel I up. have to say, gee, full credit you, sorry. You, all the back half of last week, you said Damien Oliver's going to pull out a um, a special and not die wondering. So you you might have been the scriptwriter. I think I said it on Friday and Saturday that this would happen, that Mac, um, Darren McCauley would see, that would see Muna Mac at the corner of his eye and deliver one of the great calls. And I don't think Mac had, he didn't see Monimek to very He nearly very missed late. it, didn't he? And, but that <laughs> he was part of the it. drama. Like, I think we're all watching for Monimek, and, and Comfort Me was covering up a little bit as Ripcord looked like he was just going to race away and win. But you could see Oliver weave his way through, then all of a sudden he came out of nowhere, and that's when Macca picked him up, and away he went, Monimek. It, it was... It was a ride of genius in a way, but it was such a brave and ballsy ride, as Nick Ryan put it, like... He did, a, he did a W pike. He cut the corner. They all fanned out wide. And when you have a look at the head on, you thought, he's never going to get that run, Mickey Gannon. I thought, geez, he's going to come down here, Ollie, if he takes that run. But only Ollie could have the luck go his way like that. It, was, it just shows the patience of yeah. the man, doesn't it? Because, you know, if he wasn't patient, he doesn't win the, he doesn't win the race. And no. his patience was just phenomenal. He's shown it his entire career. And if you want to show a patient ride to any of these emerging jockeys, that's the one. Yeah, 100%. And then to win it on Divine Belief, that, that was his first winner on Saturday. Magnificent Andy was his second winner, which was trained by SJ Miller. And SJ Miller is... He's one of my great mates, and I know how much it meant to him on Saturday. Um, but he was the jockey that finished second to Damien Oliver when Damien Oliver won his first ever race all those years back. So it was fitting that they combined there with uh, Magnificent Andy, then Munamek. I still can't believe it happened. Um, <laughs> it's It was, it was yeah, it was something else. And then you had Scalacci, as I mentioned, that opener. That, that was the Greyhound named after the champion horse, and Ollie rode Scalacci to six group one wins, and then he wins the the Phoenix, and no one thought he could win. He was the outsider. He just wasn't jumping, and he goes straight to the front and changes the life. He belted them, Jay. Huh? <laughs> proper belt. He proper belted them. Yeah, he, he, he won like a good thing, and he even backed, Telgi even backed Ollie because they met about a few weeks before because Ollie was working Fantane, and then, of course, Entain. 
um, secured Talji and and Scalacci for their slot for the Phoenix. So you just couldn't you couldn't make this stuff up. And sometimes I don't know about you, Mitchie, but this is why you got to believe in the universe. Yeah, there was a guy I think um, that called in track yesterday, and he said, "Oh, the universe was talking to me, and I didn't didn't even think to batch Scalacci." So he's he's had a little bit of a mare there, but you're right. Yeah, it's right, right up your area, G. The, the like just this weekend, everything's just gone to plan for you. You'd be yeah. right up and about, wouldn't you? Well, you just have to. You just had to believe to go to a leap to fame, and and that's what Scalacci <laughs> and, and Telji did, and, and Ollie did with Munamek. Um, so Munamek was great. We'll just have a quick chat about that gold rush. He he cut the corners and and that form from Melbourne, it prevailed in the end. Um, Ripcord's a good horse. He was the three year old that loomed up, looked like that he was going to win. He came out of the the winner bottom stakes form, um, going to the twelve hundred meters. And comfort me is a beauty. It wasn't a vintage gold rush. Well, it's only in its initial um, stages of its if its life. The the Damien Oliver gold rush that was the second time they've had that race, but. Um, it was entertaining enough, and thank God Munamek got through the, the middle. I don't think we – Ripcord might be a horse, Mickey, that we could follow going into the autumn. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I think just on that race, like, Nick Ryan won't won't get the, you know, the credit he's necessarily due simply because of stories about Damien Oliver. But is Nick – would that be the only um, Eastern State Raider to win in WA, this preparation? Or this uh, that this carnival, sorry, G? Overpass. Overpass. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, they're the two, and there's been some big, big names go over there. So, huge effort um, from Nick Ryan. He's he's yeah. low flying, but uh, yeah, I think Ripcord's definitely a horse to follow. Where does he go, G? Do you know? No, he probably he probably will be aimed up at the Quokka. I would imagine they'll try and get yeah. a slot for the Quokka. Hey, the question here: there. Why don't we see many WA horses go to Queensland Carnival? Is it just well, the timing? Because They'd go very, very well there, but we just never see it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the travel that's a little bit difficult for those horses to get there, I think. So if they go over there for the Winter Carnival, it looks like they have to stay there for the Melbourne Carnival because it's very mm. difficult in the past for those horses to get back to Perth unless yep. they get the charter flight for those horses that come to Perth at the end of the, the Melbourne Spring Carnival. So you're looking that you, you, you're there with some staff members for six months or more. Yeah, okay. And they might just think that's not viable. But I know that Millie's Jewel, they were thinking about going to Brisbane with her for the yep. carnival. But I think that they might go to Adelaide and try and win that group one for the mayors, that sprinting race there. Yeah, Mitchell that'd Lewis. be nice. So I, 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 I It'll line up nice because they'll be able to back up into two group ones, Gareth. They yep. can do the um, – uh, the Goodwood will be the finish after the Sankster. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be the Sankster she'll go to. She won't go to the Goodwood. So she'll just go. You, you'd back race. up into the Goodwood, wouldn't you? Two weeks no, later, if you won the Sankster? I don't think they will. I think they're only going to give her three runs and oh, then right. put her in the paddock and set her for the Melbourne Carnival. That's my oh, understanding, right. anyway. But I could be wrong. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Monday morning. It's eight twenty-three. Giddy Up brought to you by Bet Three Six Five, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Let us know your favourite moment from a. A dream weekend of racing. Gareth, that call from Darren on Saturday just further proves how lucky we are in this country to have incredible race callers all over the, the country. They add to this incredible sport. Other callers around the world could dead set put glass eye to sleep. That's from Will. That's a very good point you make, Will. We are very lucky to have the best race callers in the country. Mitchie Lewis, 
Dean Watling and Mickey Gannon with me on this um, uh, Monday morning. Well under Mick Price, he declared a targo to you on Giddy Up Stable Mail and it won easily there at Bendigo on Sunday. It didn't. Won around I think a $2 quote there and that maiden played over the 1,300 metres. So Mick Price was very good to us across the weekend. We'll start with the meeting at Caulfield, lads. And... Um, it was a pretty handy summer meeting. I think the track played as we expected it to. Um, we'll start off uh, with, uh, I think, that was one of the performances of the Dane Ginger and Pink here, Mickey Gannon. Um, all of the, the rage was Jambalaya, and there was a little bit of support for Oak Hill, but Ginger and Pink looks like she's just come back a far better filly this time in. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the money was there. It was, it was absolutely smacked late. I'm not sure the official flux, but... They were flying the stable in that combination, and it was a good win. I'm not sure, um, you know, obviously with the claim um, and probably every possible what you do with it moving forward would be very well found, but uh, it was a very impressive win, G. Yeah, Ginger and Pick defeating Altruist, and VC was a good effort. I think it might be the Black Book of Mitchie Lewis coming from the back. Jambalay just fell in a hole at the, the furlong. It went from a dollar ten at the 400-metre mark to 100 to 1 at the 100-metre mark, so... It quickly put up that white flag. Do you, think, I, do you think she went a bit early on, on Jambalaya? Maybe a little bit, but I don't mm. think it would have mattered in the end. Nah, I think I it would think have so. got tired in the concluding stages and probably nabbed on the post by um, Ginger and Pink, who, listening to Peter Moody after the race, he told Tate and Bull not to go for her until she really flattens out and she's comfortable. So basically, as they straighten, and she did wait for a long time before she put the stick on Ginger and Pink, but once she did that, away Ginger and Pink went. Oak Hill's a horse that I was disappointed in. I think that maybe he's just he's he needs to improve mentally before we can back him with some confidence in this type of grade here, Mitchie Lewis. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, it's one of the things. There's a there's probably a lot of horses you could take out of this race. Like it's a BM70, but it's a pretty handy BM70 for youngish horses. Um, Jambalaya, I thought the tailors tail of the race was interesting. Lot. Um, this early sectionals to the eye looked like she probably thought she was going pretty quick, but my data says that they're only going about even time. So um, I'm not sure what you would do with that going forwards. Uh, she probably has gone too early, but yeah, I, I think this is a handy, this might be a handy form race going forwards, just even though it's only a BM70, Dino. Yeah, I think you, you make a really good point there. That's where the, the eye sometimes lies. I thought the exact same. I thought after the race, um, Jamie Carr probably went too hard early and, used up the pennies there on Jambalaya, but then you review the race and they've gone bang on stand to the 600 metre mark. So I think there's no excuses at all for the favourite. Just maybe not up to it, maybe needs a spell and furnish and strengthen up. But the winner was really well backed, um, was going to win that race from the 200 onwards. So I think you can follow that horse for sure. And it's a time of the year that we, we don't need to be finding these superstars, Gareth. We just need to find those horses that can knock yeah. off these races continuously in these summer months. Um, so we, we don't need to be finding our group two, group three, group one stars, just horses that we can follow through these benchmark 70s, 80s throughout the, the summer months. And fellas, just on that, on those two horses, it was Oak Hill and Jambalaya. They both come out of Mooney Valley wins. Um, make of that what you will, mm -hmm. but something to be um, take note of moving forward, how they won and, and where they won. So did you think that track play, we had those westerly conditions, which usually doesn't suit leaders, but then we had my boy Birmingham that led all of the way straight after Jambalay's race. So how would you assess the track here, Mitchie Lewis, on Saturday? Then we'll go to the other boys if they've got an opinion on this. Yeah, so I sort of went through all of the sectionals and stuff and 
as I reviewed and watching him, I thought it played even enough. I just sort of thought it was if you if you got your ride right and your timings right, um, you had every chance. Uh, you wouldn't obviously want to get too far back. That's always uh, a problem. But, yeah, if you were, had momentum at the top of the straight, it was possible to make up ground. I don't know if the boys agree. Go on, Dino. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a good point. Um, I, I want to go dive a little bit deep into the lanes and where these also sort of come from. We saw Pascara run over the top. We saw a, a couple of others as well. So maybe that's the excuse to inside lanes and the way they're set up. My boy Birmingham was interesting. They went around four lengths faster than the average of the six. So maybe it just broke their hearts and, and clung on. Um, it's an interesting one to, to dive into, Gunnar. What'd you make of Traffic Ward in the first? Big raps on this two-year-old. And it was a brilliant ride by Jamie Carr, just like the – uh, the seas opened up for her. Um, she cut back to the inside and she never looked like getting beat on traffic warden. How did this horse rate in your eyes there, Dino? Yeah, rated really well. And probably, if anything, just um, Frank's the former, the, the star prior up in Sydney behind Storm Boy. So I think it was a nice horse. Probably just got too far back on debut up there. And we saw again uh, at Ramwick, you can't let a Waterhouse and Pot horse control the race, um, especially being a two-year-old. They often kick away and too hard to beat, but Traffic Warden showed it in his trials. Good to put it on the the, the win on the ball there, um, second up. The race has rated evenly. Uh, they've gone out fairly hard, but they've come home pretty slow. So probably not the top end of two-year-olds we're speaking of just yet. Uh, Mickey Gannon, do you have an opinion there on Traffic Warden? No, it was, it was a nice win, G, but I wouldn't want to be following anything else behind it. Any other, like Regal Power, that was his right race. Um, hey, well, hey, full credit to you. Yeah, I thought he was a big price in you the end. up that morning, yeah. Celine Gaudre <laughs> gave him a beautiful ride as well. Um, yep. So Regal Power deserved that, the old boy. Um, I don't know if there's too much left in him regarding a bigger race, but that was his chance to get back into the winner's circle. And, they tend to take it in turns that lot, but he won yeah. well. He like did. it was a good enough win to suggest he can win it again. Well, he's a better horse than that class. Like, um, I, I think he's he's a group horse. He's proven that throughout his career. But now is he getting on a little bit that he might need to drop back to this class with the claim. But he, the, the problem is, is he's got to place him right now. And whether this victory gives him a bit of, bit of confidence that he could step back up in class and get the job done. But I thought he was um, he was pretty good there on the, on the weekend. Running by was the best backed horse clearly for the day. And um, there was a few nervous moments there, but in the end, running by showed her class to to win that race. And she looks like she's come back in really good form there, Mitch. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I thought the setup for her was just good second up to the 1,400 metres. I'm not sure. Like, she hasn't blown the clock up or anything. Uh, I think, yeah, like you said, there were a couple of nervous moments and she might have – she just got – the job done, which is the important part. But yeah, I'll have to see what the setup is for her. I think she had a lot of things in her favour Saturday. Yep. It is me was impressive. Um, Dino, Daniel Bowman, I thought this might be the toughest race of the day, but is it me just continues to step up and wins again? Yeah, well, we often see this in the off-season. A couple of horses can string three, four wins together. Horses in form, the greater around them is not as strong and sometimes they find their right races, which this horse is doing. Again, um, has that nice pattern, just sits in behind the speed and got to the right part of the track and won well. So you'd suggest going forward, that was 61.5 kilos, can probably rise up to 72, 80 grade now and keep on winning. So um, good horse, good pattern. Um, and going really well. I think we learn a little bit off from race number six on the weekend as well. I think it was French Moon that set that sizzling pace. Um, anyway, they went lickety split, and you had horses like a 
a blue moon that was the drifting second favourite. The favourite there was Slate, but a horse like French Moon, a blue moon, I should say, that was so um, impressive from the eye anyway on at its first start in this country for Matty Laurie, but that was off a slow pace. She basically got out at the 200 metre mark and sprinted, sprinted quickly to win. It was a far different setup up to the 2,000 metres, Mickey Gannon there on, on Saturday because she was taken well and truly out of her comfort zone a long way from home. Wasn't she ever? And, you, you know, once again, you see um, Myron Eustace with the, you know, with the staying um, yeah. type getting over the top in a, in a true, truly run test. And any time they get a horse 2,000 metres and beyond, you just you got to take notice, especially if it's a true staying test. So they've done it again, just on Caulfield G. So Celine Gorgeous, she's ridden three. Tatum Bull's ridden two. Yeah. And uh, the new boy in town, apparently they call him the Irish Justin, Justin Bieber. Apparently he's a good-looking young fella. So JJ keeps telling me. Dylan Brown McMonagall rides too. So interesting to see. Um, that's something different on a Saturday on Metro grade, seeing those three jockeys absolutely dominate. I think that's the recipe oh, for yeah. success there, Dino. You should shared notes, Gano. Yeah. I've I th- Grab something that I was going to mention later in the in the. Oh, I'm like that, like me. Don't get into early stuff. Oh, I've, I've let well, that one slip. Away, I thought Mitchie. I was onto it. Take Go it on, away. Mitchie. What say you what you were going well, to say. Since you've just interrupted I, I, everyone. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm not radiocraft. <laughs> <is it? laughs> I was still talking. You're right. No. No. Look, I was, was just like going to say. Of, sorry. Was you like one of those kids there that just like you know he's been desperate. He's been holding off. He was ready to impress everybody there, and then someone stole stolen his thunder, and then he just said. Well, bugger this. I've got to interrupt yeah, everyone. Yeah, I've got to let everyone know that this is what I was going to say. So take it away, you superstar. It better be good. It's what you got to do when you're the new boy. Well, I was going to be sneaky and Tell bring it Celine in particular up later. I was going to say it's coming into that time of year where these jockeys, you know, you've got um, Blake Shin going up to Queensland. You don't know what some of the other big dogs are doing while there's a break. So you look for your jockeys in form. And Celine in particular, her last 100 rides, um, she's got a profit of turnover of 27 and a half, uh, win strike rate of 18, and 12 of those wins have come in her last 50. So I was going to say she's a jockey to follow over the last few weeks because she also rode an impressive double Friday yeah. night. And I think outside of the, the feature races of black type racing where these jockeys can claim, and I think it, it's been proven in Sydney and also in Melbourne the last 12 months, that if you've got a good... Um, if you've got some inform apprentices, um, they're definitely worth following because that weight relief can be the difference between winning and losing because not too much between these horses. All right, then, lads. Uh, we saw Dubai Poet get beat, but Pesquero wins again. He's had a really good preparation for first light racing. And Baldino defeated Kin in that last race. So horses to follow out of that meeting at Caulfield before we take the news. We'll start with Mitchie, then we'll go to Dino and Mickey. Yeah, so my horse to follow is going to be VC. So I just think if he gets a similar type race, if they run him around in another BM70, he's going to be second up off a uh, throat surgery. He only had one start last prep. So I am expecting to see him have another couple runs this prep. So I reckon VC will go somewhere. You're probably not going to get the 20s like they offered, uh, but I reckon he's a good chance of a win somewhere a Saturday coming up. Yeah, I think Kinney out of the last is the one I want to follow. Two bad gates, two really good runs. I think third up now to a good draw can win down there, Gano. Yeah, despite the obvious, I'm going to go, obviously, Kin there, but I'm going to go with uh, Elkington Road in the last, I think, 1,200 metres. First up, probably was in its goal. It was pretty good, and I think either 1,400 metres second up and then 1,600 metres third up. I think we can back it second and third up, G. I think it'll get the job done. Totally agree. I think Elkington Road's definitely the horse to follow after listening to... 
Mike Moroney on Thursday with uh, Giddy Up Stable Mail. He gave that horse a really good push. Um, and I think that filly of Peter Moody's, I think she'll just keep on winning the way that she's going at the moment. Um, whether she'll go, I think she might go to the paddock and come back in the latter part of the autumn, but I think she's a good horse, Ginger and Pink. Mickey. I've got one more for you as well. Pink yeah. uh, Beauty in race five is pretty good. I yeah. thought um, beaten by Is It Me, who just had like perfect run and Pink Beauty had to do all the work mm -hmm. and basically it's fair gap back to third. So I thought Pink Beauty is a horse to follow. Let's take the news. This is 8.36 in the Monday breakdown on Giddy Up on this Monday. Welcome back to Giddy Up this Monday morning, um, 8.47. It was fitting that Scalacci won there on Saturday night in that Greyhound race. Scalacci was D. Oliver's most successful Group 1 horse. They combined to win six Group 1s. It was quite unbelievable what unfolded there on Saturday. Let's have a look at Sydney on the weekend. And there were some terrific performances there. I think, first of all, we need to point out, Dean Watling, and you tweeted this, and I love when you get excited when you tweet something on a Saturday afternoon. You're in love with Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott and their success with their two-year-olds. I've never seen anything like it, really, from a juvenile point of view. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. We've got the stats to back it up. I knew you'd ask this, Gary. For the last 30, oh, sorry, six months, so since the two-year-old season started, they've had 49 starters for 15 winners, so they're striking at 30% for profit on turnover of 15 so they're just phenomenal with their two-year-olds. They're the best educators. And I think on the weekend, I was a little bit annoyed at myself in the sense that I sided with the short price favourite. But two trials for the Waterhouse and Bot Camp versus the one trial of the Ryan and Lexia. And I think that told the tale, and especially the first 50 metres. The race was over. The horse pinched about oh, three or four lengths, and that was it in the end. So they're a phenomenal training partnership. They can do it. Stayers, two-year-olds, three-year-olds. But they're absolutely on fire at the moment. Do you know what I like? I might give you some homework for our final Thursday weekend preview of the year. I don't know if you like this, Mickey, because you sound like you look like you're really excited um, this morning. So I'll see if I can really get you up and about. I reckon we should have our five rules from the punt that we've learnt this year. For Ooh. instance, yeah, two, we'll drop off the two-year-olds. I'll give you. I'll give you the first yes, one. Yes, or you could have two trials for two-year-olds before you back them. First up over twelve hundred meters. No, no. Um, what other golden rule? I, I well, let's, give, let's, hold, let's wait till yeah, Thursday, otherwise there'll be no need to do yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent. Who would you prefer to buy shares in, Nathan Doyle or Sarah Ryan? Both, just fifty-fifty down the middle. No, you've, both yeah. fine. <laughs> you've got one. You can pick. We go diversify, brother. Yeah, you can pick oh. Sarah Ryan or Nathan Doyle. Which one? Oh, Nathan Doyle. Yeah. Okay, Mitch Lewis. So you probably don't. They're not probably your. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw yeah, you I under the bus. Justin Pickering in <clears throat> South Australia. All right, then Dino. Uh, Nathan Doyle, both tremendous trainers on yeah. the up. I think it was a big performance by that Galloper first up in Boston Rocks, even though that pff, Union Army should have won. Let's oh, be honest. It's, and you know the best thing he's having, a, like he's not going, not doing his best work, and then the last Jason Collett just goes bang with the most patient ride you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, oh, I love Jason Collett, but I definitely wouldn't be buying shares in him. Nah. Not at the moment. No, he's out of form. Ring a hoy on Friday night. Do you reckon he's, he's been he's... riding well? Like over the weekend, I've never seen a jockey miss the kick like he did. Um, that horse does tend to miss the kick. I though, know, you know. I know. It's probably a little bit hard. It's probably a little yeah, bit harsh. But he, he's, I don't know if he's in vintage form, Jason Collett, Dean. No, give it a rest. He's not in vintage form at all. No. I'll go back two weeks at Campbell Grange and he's... He, He's the only jockey you want to be. When it's wet tracks, uh, he is the best jockey in Sydney's wet tracks. Unfortunately, He's nice and patient. That's it, he doesn't use them up too early. Unfortunately, it's summer at the moment. No, no good on fast <laughs> tracks, though. Um, so Boston Rocks was impressive for Timmy Clark. 
I want to get your opinion on the highway. A lot of a lot of talk regarding Nash Wheeler's ride. How would you describe it, Dino? Yeah, I'd describe it as strange. Uh, but in saying that, it was gate 18. I think the 1,000 metres, though, in a lot of punters' minds, it's very kind 1,000-metre um, start. There's only one really sort of dogleg turn. So you can sit three, four wide. We've seen that with horses over the last couple of months and still win. I'm not sure. I think he just got too far out of the ground. He probably looked after the horse late and just got it to find the line. Um, yeah, strange one going. What did you sort of think? He was ridden negatively, which is mm. a bit of a shock to everyone, I believe. Like if you go back and have a look at where he's landed, you know, regardless what, of what barriers. What did Nash say? Did he, give a, did he give an explanation in the stewards report? Do you know? Yeah, there was a big Shields report on it. I just think he, it was sort of victim of circumstances is what the sort of overview of it um, overall. But What just, were the circumstances? Did, did they elaborate on the, on the actual circumstances? Or? I just think the way it began and from the gate, um, didn't mm. want to use the horse up and sort of loop a big field highway. I can understand um, in saying that, I guess if you're taking, it's clearly the best horse in the race, but if you wanted to chime in the short odds from that gate, I guess you can be disappointed by the ride. But well, I don't think it matters the gate now, like because if it was gate six, does it, does it like because it was half slow out? Is that the reason it was just all done after being half slow out, like gate six or gate 18? I think sometimes I think definitely the, yeah. the gate definitely matters. I think when, I thought he jumped okay with him and then he just went all the way back to last, but then well, when that's he went, what I mean, like if if. Yeah, when he went he all the way, it was he was ridden negatively. So whether it was six yeah. or eighteen, and you know, there's a lot of discussion. Dino, we talked about barrier eighteen not being a huge concern because it's only a half a turn, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's become a problem, but it wasn't a problem before. So I just think it was he just yeah. wrote it too negatively. I just think sometimes too, he, he, and you know, it's, it's difficult for jocks because if the circumstances don't go their way, it can look it can look a lot worse than than it actually was, but I thought that he just should have just went straight to the outside. He tried to go through them and then there was some runs mm. there and then he got pushed out of the way by a roughie and you just thought, well, it was just a complete disaster after that. So I just don't think there was an, there's an issue being over that start, being more aggressive and being four or five yeah. wide. I just don't think that would have been a problem at all, but obviously Nash did think that was going to be an issue. But the other thing is, Gee, we just don't know. So we don't know what the instructions are. He could have said, "Oh, if, he's, if any signs yes. of being slowed away, restrain him, and and, yeah. and that's what's going to happen." And, so and Nash, we don't he, know. He's been in brilliant form for the punters as well. So yeah, you can have, still he, put him on. You can have a bad. You can have a bad. But here's the thing: a dollar eighty could, shot yeah. gets rolled, and everyone loses their minds. Yeah, hundred so. percent. But that's racing. It's Some, just racing, mate. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes you know that. Yeah. Um, 8.58, we nearly run out of time here for this hour. Monday breakdown, horses to follow from Sydney, Mitchie Lewis. You might have a horse to follow from Adelaide as well. Uh, no, not not really from Sydney for me. Um, and then, yeah, from Gawler. I haven't really finished that. Look, I, it's probably, I'm not being biased, but yeah, Chelsea's horse, Lapilli's the fastest closing splits of the day. It's probably a pretty good horse to follow. All right, then. You're in the good books then, Dino. I mean, Mitchie, you won't have to buy a Christmas present. Dino, yeah, what are you thinking? Yeah, the data just stacks up, Gareth. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah trying to not oh, be Oh, mate, biased, we've got 20 seconds yeah. left. Come yeah. on. Dino, have you got <laughs> to follow? I'm following Glory Days, Union Army, and I thought Time the Boogie's win was exceptional up to 1,100 metres. Next start, Gano, that will be winning again. Yep, got a few here. Capicari, I think you're onwards, upwards again. That's three in a row. Louisville, uh, for sure. Miracle Spin as well. Both very good in race eight. Race nine, so good, so cool for Sarah Ryan. Was very, very good. And race 10, Contemporary, was enormous. 
So you boys had a, a fill, fill up. Uh, they tell me Sunday afternoon, Mitch, you with Miles and uh, Mickey Gallon, you were delivering the goods on Saturday as well with a 20-odd dollar winner there at Eagle Farm. It was enormous, yeah. G. Good Gano's got a massive week this week. Gano's, Gano's got many a shift. So Can I'm you jump on, G? Today's a, bit, today's a little bit dull, no, mate. Sorry, Just chime in, walk in, say day. I've already worked over my 1,000 hours for the year. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> um, have a wonderful day, lads. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. Welcome back to Giddy Up. It's just after nine o'clock. We'll continue on the Monday breakdown looking at Queensland. We'll also take a look at Perth and then the means test coming up shortly at 10 o'clock with Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks, our final means test for the year. And Telgy will also join us. Jihad Telgy to talk about his biggest night in the sport when Scalacci took out the, the Phoenix there, the world's richest greyhound race on Saturday night. But it was an interesting day there at Eagle Farm. Rain um, arrived and storms arrived mid-meeting. So races were put back there at Eagle Farm on Saturday. But they found a way to finish off that meeting. And Chris O'Nelson joined us now. G'day, Chris O. They did. Good morning to you, Gareth. And my question is, did you have that pizza yesterday you were promising on Saturday night? Yeah, I did, actually. No, I didn't. You did? I, no, I didn't. I lied. I've got to go this week and see, um, Talji. In fact... I might even see if we can bring Scalacci into the Estine studios and we'll have a pizza. Oh, wow. um, Couldn't that be good? Yeah, we'll have a pizza there, maybe for lunch or so. But they, one of the pizzas, I think it's Uncle Drew's Pizza, yeah, they highly recommend. And I was listening to the breakfast show in Melbourne today on SEN with Scoob and, and Sammy Edmund, and they had Telgy on last week. And there was a few calls that rang up and said they went to Caram Downs to get a pizza yep. at Telgy's yesterday and he was still open. Um, so he turned up. He turned up to work despite him being a millionaire now. And he also, they tell me, and this is the 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 um, comments that just fascinated me and makes me admire the man even more, is that he was even jumping in the delivery van to deliver pizzas after oh. winning the Phoenix. So, there you go. Um, He's got his feet firmly planted on the ground. 100%, mate. Um, what did you make of Saturday? Do we have to what, – what learnings do we take out of that meeting with the conditions? Oh, look, it wasn't that bad. I mean, uh, we did – I think the threat was more the lightning than the rain. We only got down to a soft six later in the day. Uh, that was after, or that was the last two races were officially on a soft six. So the races were sort of put back because of lightning in the area. And then uh, there wasn't a lot of rain in those. It was just hit and miss sort of thing. So we got through it okay. Didn't need daylight saving on our side because we certainly don't have it up here. But we got through them. And gee, I think uh, the, the horse that probably loved the conditions was far too easy. He grows an extra leg on anything wet. So that came just in time for him, that rain before race nine. He loved the soft six and he just belted them. He won by, what, nearly four and a half lengths. And he'll go straight to the Magic Millions Cup on Magic Millions Day. And he's going to be very hard to beat, particularly if it rains. Yeah, so he looks like he's come back in terrific form. As you pointed yep. out, the, the brakes went his way, but he was smashed into a dollar fifty-five. So that's first up over the 1,400 metres and he led them a merry dance. So, um I can't wait to see him in a Stradbroke. Hopefully he gets into that race later on in the year, mate. Yeah, well, that would be excellent. I mean, at 1,400 metres around Eagle Farm, we know he's ticked that box now, and we know he's just a perfectly placed horse. He's just got that back-marking pattern, which so often works against him. We've discussed it many times. You just need things to go your way when you're out the back, and that's where that's where he'll end up being. Uh, Jimmy Orman rode him perfectly on Saturday, got him to the outside uh, nice and early, and uh, he was going to win that a long way out. So... Yep, all uh, honours there to far too easy. 11-11 on track again for another tilt at a Magic Millions race. I think that's three years, Yeah. last three years, 11-11s. One Irish Songs was honest, but 
they were no match for right. far too easy. And God bless Martin Harley. Jeez, he had a good day at the office in the end with two winners, including <laughs> a bounding there for Robbie Heathcote and a bounding yeah. deserved that victory. Yeah, she did. Oh, I'm glad she just got home, but she didn't look like she was going to about 200 metres from no. the line and got a real surge late. But And they did run that race in heavy rain, 36 and something out, 34 home. So her effort to get home over the top of the two leaders, Avone and uh, and Tiger Shark, was good. There was a bit of an eye-catcher there, Gareth. The third horse, uh, Show Me Mercy, ran on very well late against the tempo also into third spot. First up, only lightly raced. No doubt heading towards the uh, the, th- the Magic Millions three-year-old, as is abounding. So uh, yeah. the other two to follow there, abounding and show me mercy. What do you make of the Grand Prix? And Coda defeated Kira Can oh. and Omzaki back in third. I don't think Felix the Cat will start favourite for a long time again. And um, is that it for these these staying prospects? Where else would they go yeah. after this? Uh, there's a they might go to the Wave. Yeah. Um, before the Magic Millions, the 1800 metre race, but uh, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this race, Gareth. I was. I was all over in Coda last start, added as one of the best bets of the day, gave up on the home turn. Uh, I thought, well, either it didn't stay or it didn't handle the ground. I now know it didn't handle the ground because he certainly stayed on Saturday, 2,100 metres, and he was nice and strong at the end, uh, $12 this time around. Too good for Kirikan. Imazaki had its chance. They all had their chance. Yeah. They're not... They're no stars. No. Uh, and you're right about Felix the Scout. He's going to be gelded now. So maybe that'll fix his yeah. mind and put it on the job. What about Knight's Choice? Is he overrated a little bit? Were you surprised he yep. was he was so um, low in the market along with quality time? Great house. Jeez, he's been a, oh. he's been a campaigner, hasn't he? A war yeah. horse, great house. And he, and he wins with 60 on his back. He's hard to catch. He is hard to catch. Knight's, yeah. And look, Knight's Choice's win a couple of weeks ago was a look a win that was aided by a strong tempo and that was 2000 meters so the fact he was dropping back to 1800 meters was always going to be a slight concern you'd rather have seen him go up in distance he probably had his chance in the end and yes uh, i think connections would now be thinking wow i wish we had taken the two million dollars and run but they didn't no. and they won't be getting it now horses to follow in difference brett kavanagh he's got a pretty handy strike rate when he takes his horses north yep. from scone yeah, he, uh, I think he had a winner on Friday too. Was yes. it on a Friday at Ipswich or Friday night at the Sunshine Coast? You're right. He does have a very good uh, strike rate. And that horse, uh, I don't know how it got the photo. I thought Aussie Nugget got the head down on the line. but So did I. Uh, yeah, I think everybody did. But uh, it wasn't the case in difference one. Horses to follow, definitely abounding and definitely uh, show me mercy. A uh, couple that I wouldn't be following. One is Princess Rani's out of race number two. She just finds ways to get beaten at short odds. Fair enough. It wasn't a great ride. He went all the way back to last. He didn't need to go that far back, did he? And then I don't mind him going back to last, E. Thornton, but any chance you want to get going, he just didn't get going. <laughs> he, and I Bra- know, but that's – go on, sorry. I know, but I know that's you say that's her pattern, but mm-hmm. he, had the, he had the favourite or the stable mate in front of him. Now – and they do this in the trots a little bit as well. They just wait until someone's going to go out in front of them, but sometimes just get going and hopefully like the perfect example out of all of this, exactly what Ryan Moore did um, with Luxembourg to James McDonald in the Hong Kong cup there last, last Sunday with romantic worry. Now he didn't win the race, Ryan Moore, but he forced McDonald to make a move at some stage and then get yep. him to come out a little bit earlier than what he would want to. Um, and I know he was back in the field, Thornton, but any like he just needed to push the button a little earlier and get going because he just yeah. gave her too much of a task. Is that too harsh? Yeah, they're or not, not all. 
No, I don't think so. I often think the same. And, and I mean, you, you have these horses, and you, you think they're timing their run sometimes to win by a half a length. Time your run to win by two lengths. I don't care if you're... I'd rather you be in front at the 150 or the 200 and you're up there comp- competing in the finish than running on out the back or from out the back and hoping to get there in time. So, yeah, I agree with you uh, sometimes. And it happens at Doombin regularly. Uh, we, I remember one year we had Blake Shin come up here and he rode four winners and he did exactly that. He was on his bike before the home turn and he basically pulled the locals' pants down. He was just too smart for them. So, yeah. And by the way, looking forward to seeing him up here this weekend as well. And the tragedy beaten was Char of Gomer, unfortunately. Yeah. There's always... See that one? Yes, I did. Anyway, that's life, unfortunately. We didn't... Not as bad as you to see... Um, did you see Manny Dunn's horse in the highway there at, at, at Bramwood Emperor. on Saturday? Emperor, yep. I certainly did. Yeah, that was a yeah. hard that was a hard luck story. But you know what? With racing, we're always going to get these hard luck stories. Yes, we get them every week, and there'll be a heap more next Monday Correct. when we chat. And good job, good job Saturday night. I watched a bit of that Greyhound coverage. You did a terrific job. Thanks, Garrett. mate. Appreciate that, Chris. So, so um, looking ahead to the Magic Millions two and three year old classic, just quickly with Bet three six five, the favourite Storm Boy looks tough to beat now, doesn't he? You got Spy Wire, Straight Charge, Highness that has had a little bit of support after its win at Wyong. An amazing eagle was heavily supported, stays at $11. And then the three-year-old guineas, uh, Bounding's the favourite from um, Cries, Saw, Keenan and Show Me Mercy. Royal tribute there as well. So, um, and you, you still with Storm Boy? No, I'm with um, Straight Charge. That's the one I'm with. Oh, yes. Yeah, I apologise, Straight Charge. Yep. That's okay, but I must say I was very impressed with Highness. Uh, the other day, yes. I thought that was that was an impressive win. So uh, I got that in the mix as well. The three-year-old, well, I don't know. Abounding is good. Show me mercy was good, but I always fear something coming from the south. So I've got to have a good look at those. And it was interesting. I think. Did what do you what do you make a spy wire? Do you give uh, it a chance after like it did miss that start there in the feeling ready, and then it was defeated the other day. Of course, under controversial circumstances, Tyler Schiller didn't get suspended. Um, and Highness went straight past it. But what did you make of um, his effort? Because it looks like if I'm a betting man, I reckon J-Mac might ride that horse. Yeah, I don't know. He's not in my he's not in my top five at the moment. I okay. just probably want to see what some of these others do. And look, he did win that maiden. The numbers were quite okay. And he, he looked impressive to the eye. But yeah, I probably want to see what he does next start, seeing he was beaten there. Will he the get a start into the week. Magic Millions? Uh, I've got the listing in front of me now. I think he would. Yeah, he's won that. So he won a midweeker in Sydney, and they're worth quite a few dollars. And he would have. Yeah, he'll get a start, no problems. Oh, so he won't have to have a run a week out then from the the, the Magic Millions. I think that's not what unless they, were they want thinking. to. No, I don't think they will. I think they'll freshen him up, and then um, yeah, and then give him a start. It's in the Magic going to be Millions. interesting to see what what. Well, he's only won seventy six thousand. Has he said all? Yeah, he's only won 76,000, so he might have to go around. He may have to go around. Well, it's four weeks to the Magic Millions, so he would go around in something, you'd think, anyway. Yeah. All right, mate. Good um, on Yeah, sorry, Chris. Just going to say, check out the noms for uh, for Saturday when they come out today, because I think you'll see quite a few of these Sydney two-year-olds turn up in the in the McLaughlin. Okay. I'll just quickly, I've got to chase this up as well. We had Robbie Logan that joined us the other day. And on Saturday, they're on winners. And he said that, that um, Tarko Racing are thinking about starting that, that New Zealand filly in the Magic Millions. Well, the only way they could get in there is to win a race that, that uh, gives them a golden ticket into it, I would have thought, because it's not in the nominations. That's captured in time. Yeah, captured in love. Yeah. 
captured love. Sorry. So you, you don't love. if you if you do you still have to nominate then? Well, I would have thought so. Yeah, why bother? I mean, there's three hundred and something nominations there now. Yeah. All right. Then. So if you don't nominate, you're going to have to somehow win one of these lead-out races that qualifies you for it. Yeah. All right then. Um, we'll chase that up. We'll chase that up yeah. because it's I just like captured by love. That's her name. That filly by written tycoon. I can't, I can't quite understand why they've got her up this early. She's that good and they're not going no. to the Magic Millions. It doesn't make sense because she's not eligible no. for the Caraca. I'll, I'll do some homework and All find right. out and answer that question. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks, Gareth. There's, Have a good day. There's Chris O'Nelson. Racing action continue, continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Um, we've got a terrific text message a little later on or a little earlier in the day. Um, favorite moment was young Tamara Noble. They said she would never ride. She'd be too heavy yet. She won the Chichilla cup. Her 15th win from a hundred sits. Good on your razor. So well done to Tamara Noble. We might see if we can get her on our bet three, six, five country racing show tomorrow. That's a terrific performance by Tamara to take out the Chinchilla cup. And she looks like she's proving people wrong. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Monday morning to wrap up the Monday breakdown. Riley Morgan, the young gun from WA, joins us to relive one of the great moments or great days in Australian racing history with Damien Oliver doing what only Ollie could do when his last three races, including, of course, one of the greatest rides that I've ever seen, especially under the pressure he was to win aboard Munimek. Riley, hello to you, mate. How, how would you describe Saturday? Yeah, very good morning to you as well, Gareth and, and listeners. And it was it was remarkable what we what we saw out there on Saturday. And it's probably something that you don't fully appreciate at the time while you're there, Gareth. Speaking to a few people yesterday about it, but it's something that you, you'll always remember where you were when it happened. And I know I certainly will there. And I've heard I've heard hiking in railways uh, in, in those famous cerise and white colours, and, and how that brought the grandstand down on those certain days. But there was nothing quite like the noise that we heard out there on the weekend when Ollie booted home Winnemac in the last. Nah, it was sensational stuff. We're about to have a chat to Darren McCauley who described that action, and um, yeah, it was a day that I've talked to a few people across there in WA, and they say that it was the best day that they've ever been to at a racetrack. And that's that's coming from people that have been going to the races in WA for more than five decades, some of them. Absolutely. And, and I thought early in the day, Gareth, especially over the first, I guess, half of the card, I was thinking, well, oh, gee, the, the, the crowd probably hasn't turned out as what I expected it to for, for Ollie's final day in the saddle to, to celebrate the, the farewell of a, of a champion of our sport. But just to see the amount of people, especially after race eight, before that final event, the amount of people just flooding through the gates, filling into that front section of Ascot just in front of the grandstand. There was people that, wherever they were, 20, 30 minutes before that final race, getting to Ascot to see Ollie's final race. And for, for it to finish in the manner that it did, mm. it's just incredible. What did you make of the Starstruck Classic? Uh, Rusty Dreams was given a peach by Damien Lane. It was great jockeying between Lane and Williams, two greats of the game. Um, from a tactical battle, that's what we love to see as well. It's not just the ability by the thoroughbred, but the, 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 the athlete there on top of these horses. And we saw the class of Lane just to keep Williams in that pocket for long enough to make sure Super Spink didn't get that clear galloping room. And, Rusty Dreams was too good in the end, but Super Spink, I don't think she lost any admirers. No, she certainly didn't. She was she was brave in defeat and, and did her she did her utmost late as well when she got out to, to make things as close as, as they did despite not 
obviously having things go her way in the run there, Gareth. But you, you summarise it pretty well there. It was just a it was a masterful ride from from Damien Lane. He, he kept Craig Williams on super smink to his inside. He, he knew where he was. He knew when he was trying to work off the back of the leader and shut the door on him long enough, Gareth, to, to build through her ge- her gears when the sprint went on when she needed to with Super Smink still hemmed up on that inside looking for runs and ultimately yeah. she was just just able to hold on at the finish but it was the ride that, that won her the race. Horses to follow from the meeting, mate? It's a tricky one for horses to follow, Gareth. I think just because a lot of these horses have been targeted at races throughout the course of the pinnacles, obviously with, with day five on the pinnacles, that's our final day of the carnival sewn up there on, on Saturday. I made four horses to follow. The win of Divine Belief in race number seven, that was a proper, proper victory and that was the one that I guess sort of started the fire there on the weekend, Gareth. Divine Belief, this horse with, with Ollie, who, who hadn't ridden the winner up until that stage in his time here in Perth and I know it would have been the competitive beast that he is would have been playing on his mind and I'm thinking that maybe the win of this horse just gave him that little little lift he needed and, and obviously his reaction post-race, he, he probably thought that was his final winner in the saddle, but um, little did we know there was a bit more to come. Uh, there was a bit more to come there, but yeah, divine belief. I thought that was a, a proper, proper victory from that horse, and you can follow some horses from that form line as well in that same race. My dilemma, I thought, was outstanding. Another David Harrison trained horse, first up, no trial. Art of Sabrage for Simon Miller, I thought was a terrific return as well, given that he retur- resumed in that 66 plus. He's eligible for a lot easier races. He ran fifth beat in four lengths, but he was really, really good. I think he'll, if he can find a race next start where he can control the Turns and dictate dictate from in front. He'll be he'll be hard to beat, and also Costa Zita, who's a really nice up and coming horse for for Trevor Andrews, who gone around well in the market in all of his starts in his career to date. So I thought it was a terrific return for a horse who's only going to get better with the run under the belt and over a bit further as well. Good on you, mate. Love your work and great carnival so far. And looking forward to that Perth Cup, which is um, on New Year's Day. So that'll come around pretty quickly. Thanks for your time, Ryan. Beautiful. Thanks, Gareth.